So, I had a dream. Um, <laughs> cool way to start. Uh, a few months ago, I had a dream, um, and I'm just going to share that with you now. Uh, we'll just talk through it. And the main, the main message from God was, you're not taking me seriously. Yeah, like I said, it's been a few months ago. I've been constantly getting prompted by the Holy Spirit to share it. Uh, finally, um, took it to Neil a little while ago, and here I am. Uh, in the dream, God, God, it was, it was like I'm here, here now, looking at a crowd. God was behind me, and I was just relaying what He was telling me. Um, and the first, uh, He just. He just gave me a series of questions and, and pretty much statements. Um, the first question he asked was, uh, how did I create the earth and all things? And it was at that point I was like going to look around and go trying to answer this question. And it was like the Holy Spirit was just looking back and it was like a mirror. And he said, don't worry, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I was relieved. Um, but his answer was, I spoke. Genesis 1.3 God spoke light, and light appeared. The Lord said again, question, how long did it take? Answer, six days. Genesis 1.5, God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. Next statement God made was, my word is truth. Psalm 119, verses 89 to 92. Now I'm reading from the message, message translation. Um, what you say goes, God, and stays, as permanent as the heavens. Your truth never goes out of fashion. It's up to date as the earth when the sun comes up. Your word and truth are dependable as ever. That's what you ordered. You set the earth going. Psalm 138, verse 2. I kneel in worship, facing your holy temple, and say it again. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank, for you, thank you for your faithfulness. Most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. I'm going to come back to that later. I'm just going to... I really want to emphasize, or God wanted me to emphasize, those statements, and I'll read it from the King James for you a bit later. The next statement God made was, uh, my love is unchanging. And all these scriptures I got up and wrote down because these are the ones that he gave me and that's all I've stuck to. Um, but Ezekiel 33, uh, verses 10 to 11. Son of man, speak to Israel. Tell them, you've said, our rebellions and sins are weighing us down. We're wasting away. How can we go on living? Tell them, as sure as I am the living God, I take no pleasure from the death of the wicked. I want the wicked to change their ways and live. Turn your life around. Reverse your evil ways. Why die, Israel? And in the same, under that same, uh, my love is unchanging, uh, he said, 1 John 3, 1. What a marvellous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we are. That's who you are. The next statement he said, my son. Just, he just said simple things, my son. Matthew 17, verse 5. Now, sorry, just to give you a bit of context, 
uh, this one was when uh, Jesus, Peter and John went up the mountain and uh, Moses and Elijah appeared and Peter freaked out. Um, <laughs> now Matthew 17.5, while he was going on like this, babbling, a light radiant, uh, radiant cloud enveloped them and a sound from deep in the cloud, a voice, sounding from deep in the cloud, a voice, this is my son, marked by my love, focus of my delight, listen to him. I've got that in bold on my thing because listen to him. Uh, next statement he said was just simply healing. Matthew 17, verses 17 to 20. Uh, now this, just to give you context of this one, this is when, um, I think it was mentioned earlier, about when the disciples were trying to get that boy, get that demon out of this boy, and they couldn't do it, and the father brought him to Jesus. This is what he said. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God, no focus to your lives. How many times do I need to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. He ordered the afflicting demon out, and it was gone. From that moment on, the boy was well. When the disciples had Jesus off to themselves later, they asked, why couldn't we throw it out? Because you're not take, taking God seriously, said Jesus. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed say, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. In other translations, it simply says because of your unbelief. Now, that's pretty confronting for people who, you know, we're believers and, and love God, but this is what he had to say. The next statement he just said simply, whose power do you do this with? And the verse that he gave me was Romans 8.11. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bring you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he surely does, you are delivered from the dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ. Just let that sink in. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ. Um, after he said, after he finished saying these things, he just said, just two words, he just said, just believe. Just believe. That's all he finished it with. Woke up and I was trying to wake Kylie up telling her. <laughs> That's pretty hard to do. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'll just go back. Just want to share um, those verses from, just give you the, from the King James, just to help amplify it a bit. I don't know. Um, so, in regards to God's word and Psalm 119, verses 89 to 92. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's settled. You just need to settle it. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou has established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, 
I should then have perished in mine affliction. But just that first verse there, thy word is settled in heaven. If you didn't get that from the, the other translation I read out to you, I hope that's just, yeah, I hope you can settle that. And then Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy, for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's how much you can trust God's word. Magnified above all. All thy name. Um, um, if the musicians want to come up, please. I'm just going to finish with... I don't want to overload. <laughs> but that, that's what God had to say to me in the dream. Please look. If you want the verses and that, I'm happy to give them to you later. And you can go away and look, from, look at them for yourselves. But I hold a lot of stock in reading things in context. Um, but... In the dream, that's just how it was given to me. Um, but yeah, simply he was saying, you're not taking me seriously. Um, but I just, just want to share something else. Like this, this whole week, I've just been getting taken back to Matthew 11 when it's talking about John the Baptizer. Um, and I'm trying to work out why, you know, like, okay, yeah, he ate, you know, he wore a camel's outfit and ate locusts and that. What, why, okay, that's really cool. But, but it wasn't until last night it finally got, got it uh, revealed to me uh, what, what he was trying to talk about. I'll just read from John, uh, sorry, <laughs> Matthew chapter 11 uh, from verses, uh, say, 8 or 9. Okay. Oh, I'll just give it you from start. When John's disciples left to report uh, to Jesus, you know, this is after um, John had sent his disciples to find out, oh, what's going on down there? Who's this Jesus? And Jesus told them to go back and tell John this. When John's disciples left to report, John started talking, about, talking to the crowd about John. What did you expect? Sorry, did I say John or Jesus then? <laughs> but yeah, Jesus. Jesus started talking to the crowd. Um, what did you expect when you went out to see him in the wild? A weekend camper? Hardly. What then? A sheik in silk pyjamas? Not in the wilderness. Not by a long shot. A prophet. That's right, a prophet. Probably the best prophet you'll ever hear. Here's a prophet that Malachi announced when he wrote, I'm sending my prophet ahead of you to make the road smooth for you. Let me tell you that what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer, but in the kingdom he prepared for you. For the lowliest person is ahead of him. I'll just leave it there, but now the, finally the understanding I got from that was from a teaching we've been watching with, with uh, my wife. John the Baptizer wasn't great because he had an awesome message or because he did, oh, sorry, he did have an awesome message, but he didn't do awesome works like prophets before. You know, he didn't part water didn't get all the uh, sacrifices burned up on the altar and make a joke of all these other false gods. He was great because all the other prophets before him said, he's coming, he's coming. John the Baptist said, 
there is. And then when it talks about in here, but in the kingdom he prepared you for, the lowliest person is ahead of him. Why? Because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is in us. We don't need a prophet. We've got direct relationship with the Lord.